0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the K Two Podcast. This is uh, our twentieth episode. Uh, now, if you don't see Jamie uh, here with us on the uh, uh, table here, he's actually behind the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the cameras today, so he's on production. Um, but we got an awesome guest for you guys, uh, Cody Stockton, aka Various Layers. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, my friend. Yes, sir. Um, so you said you drove
1: how long again? Three hours. <laughs>
0: yeah, for three hours from Roanoke, Virginia. All right, well, so. I appreciate you making the trip, dude. Yeah, like, no problem, It's awesome that you were able to come out because uh, that's, that's quite a bit of a drive, so I'm glad to have you here. Um, so why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, because I know you have a YouTube channel, you do the music thing, um, but before we get into all of that, I want to talk a little bit more about you specifically, so why don't you go into a little bit about your background?
1: All right, for sure. So this is petersburg correct yeah okay so i grew up in brunswick county virginia okay i'm
0: familiar with brunswick um, is that like country living right yeah yeah, okay okay. alberta
1: lawrenceville virginia south hill south boston area and stuff like that and um i grew up there until i was about 12 years old so i think that was seventh grade and i ended up moving to roanoke in seventh grade um but yeah i grew up with a single mom background and everything like that so you i'll kind of just start before i moved to roanoke okay um but yeah, I grew up in, um, well, Lawrenceville, Virginia, and like South Hill, in between that. I think it's, I think it's called Mecklenburg or something. Okay, like that. yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. But um, anyway, single, single family, um, mom and stuff like that. It was me and my brother, and my grandparents lived in the area as well, right up the street from that. And it's my grandma, um, my granddad, and then my uncle lived with them for a little bit as well, but. Pretty much, anyway, and down in that area, there's not, like, that much opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's maybe, like, 700, 800 people at the most in that whole little region. Yeah, so you got to think about it like this. Like, there's one college, and it's a community college. Uh There's not a lot of jobs, so everyone's trying. It's competition's high for a lot of jobs out there. Sure. Um, And there's just not a lot of opportunity for anything, so my mom was kind of, like, Trying to figure out cause she I think she has an associate's degree in art, but then also like nutritional wellness and stuff. Okay. So she tried to get into like nutritional wellness and like the Emporia area and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, she wasn't making a lot of money. Sure. You know, she she's providing for two kids. I mean, my brother's six four, I'm six foot six. Yeah, you guys are some big boys. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm two hundred and thirty pounds, and like as a kid, I was a big kid too, you sure. know what I'm saying? Um and she just just trying to provide for us mainly sure. and just do as much as she can. And I had a pretty good relationship with my dad, somewhat. Okay, but it didn't get really strong until after like twelve, and I moved up to Roanoke because that's where he lived and stuff like that. But um, for a long time, man, like we lived in government housing. Okay, like, literally government paid for housing, like looking in the, the stories when, hey, I'm looking in the refrigerator to see if there's any more food. Sure. Like, that appeared type shit. You yeah, know I've I'm done saying? that
0: before. You, like, open the fridge, and then you You're close like, it. I'm like, let something. me get... Yeah, yeah, I exactly.
1: <laughs> but, um, like, dude, roaches, roach-infested apartments and stuff Jeez. like that. And um, eventually, like, my mom ended up getting a... I, I think it was gallbladder issues, So she mm. had to have surgery, put her out of work for months and stuff like that. So we had to end up moving in with my grandparents. Okay. And then we lived about five minutes away, but... They did pretty good as well, you know what I'm saying? Because they were in the military and stuff okay. like that for over 20-some years. And um, we ended up moving in with them and staying there for about, th- like, honestly, like, I think, like, three to five years. Like, okay. stay with them for, like, three to five years. Okay. Like, it shit, shit was crazy, man, because it was, it was harsh for my mom for a little bit. And um, then we ended up moving, up moving up to Roanoke when I was 12 years old. And then that brought me to the journey because that was, that was middle school. That mm-hmm. was seventh grade and stuff like that. Met a lot of people and whatnot. Um But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my background as far as getting to Roanoke and stuff like that. So, wait, wait, so
0: you did you end up in Roanoke because of your father? Is that what happened? You ended up going out. Down, is that what brought you to Roanoke? Well, my mom,
1: she grew up in Buchanan. So it's like okay. right near It's right near Roanoke, like 20, okay. 30 minutes from Roanoke. And she just really liked the area, enjoyed it. There's way more opportunity and stuff like that. So she tried for like over a year or two years to get a job mm-hmm. so we can actually move there with her experience and the jobs and stuff she has done. Okay. So she actually landed a job. And then we ended up moving to Roanoke because of that job. I got you. Okay, that makes a lot
0: more sense. Okay, so as you guys are growing up, um, I noticed that you know before the show we were talking a little bit, introducing ourselves and everything like that. And you mentioned that you had got into travel sales. Mm -hmm. But before you got into travel sales, what kind of job did you first take? What was like your first job? Do you remember?
1: All right, so my first work ethic, like... Um, start, I guess you could say, starting to learn about work ethic and actually like applying myself and making my own money and stuff like that sure. is when I was probably in like fifth or sixth grade, well, maybe fourth grade at the, at the earliest. And we used, I used to cut this dude's grass named Ralph who lived right next <laughs> nice. this This dude would come over and eat all the food every day, man. <laughs> He'd come to my grandma's house. Hey, what's for breakfast? They're like, yo, I can talk to you in a week, bro. What <laughs> he you Just showing up for food. Yeah, but, um. My first job was cutting his grass weekly, but that dude was such a freaking like he just wanted his money. Like he didn't he didn't want to give his money out. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, "Yo, I'll pay you two bucks. You and your brother two bucks each and stuff." And like, two I'm, bucks? Yeah, dude. He Shit. Was, dude, he was tight. He was he was tight with his money, dude. But um, <laughs> dude, well, I gotta I mean commend you for like fuck it, I'll do it. You know, but yeah, it was it was more like just about building up the sure. ethic and stuff. Sure, and My grandparents, they didn't, like, they, they talked shit behind our backs about to him, to uh-huh. him about it. Yeah. But, like, we didn't really know, like, about the money and stuff like like that. But right. um, the church that they were renting their house from, they started needing people to, like, do just pick up around the area, like, of the parking lot with leaves, like, trees, grass, stuff like that. So me and my brother started, like, cleaning all the leaves all the time from them cleaning their gutters out. Like, getting on the roofs, taking leaves off and stuff like that. So, that was kind of like my first job. But my first actual job in Roanoke, Uh um, when I moved there, was Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, how was that, dude? Dude, the first day that I worked at Chuck (laughs) E. Cheese... They made me clean piss out of the playpen. Oh, I did the pre- first day. And I'm, I'm the biggest dude in Chuck E. Cheese, right? Right. And they're putting me in these tubes to go clean piss. Oh, and then man. immediately after that, they do these things called a road show. So it's like Chucky. You have to be Chucky. You have to get in a suit. Oh, so you had to be the guy in the suit. <laughs> the first day. Oh, my yeah, God. And the like, first fucking day? And, like, you're <laughs> supposed to dance and everything. Right. And I, I was like, yo, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just kicking my legs and stuff. And then we took a break. So I go into the kitchen. And uh-huh. this kid's propped up in his, um family's arms and he sees me without my helmet on and oh, he starts God. crying he starts oh, pointing and God. stuff so then we have to go do another road show and that kid's at the road show and he starts kicking me and stuff like that all the other kids start kicking me and whatnot and I, told, <laughs> I was like please don't put me in this suit unless i have to be and <laughs> they like, just beating your ass these little kids <laughs> i was like please don't put me in this unless i have to be because i was like the game room attendant you know right. i just fixed the coin problems bust sure. a little bit and stuff like that but it was all right
0: Okay, I mean, because you hear so much wild shit about Chuck E. Cheese. I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, I've heard stuff like they... Like if somebody, I don't know if this is true, maybe, you could, but I've heard stuff like they reuse the pizzas. Have you ever heard no shit like that? Like if somebody, a family doesn't eat all the pizza, they'll like take a couple slices, make a whole pie, put oh. it back in the oven. Oh, that's a thing, bro. Oh my that's god, yeah.
1: That, that was I, the thing at my Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> See,
0: that's what I'm saying. And I, I ended up quitting that job.
1: I just didn't show up when making. I got tired of it. But like the only reason I stayed for so long, I think I stayed for like a year and a half, uh-huh. is because our staff was dope, and we all went right. to school together. Like bunch of cool girls, bunch of cool guys. We all used to like hang out and party afterwards and stuff once we got older and right whatnot. but yeah dude i was like f this Seven twenty-five an hour yeah. i'm cleaning piss i'm in this suit y'all just F-ing in the, the trenches getting your like, ass kicked i don't kids. need to work here like so i, I was like f all this
0: so <laughs> all right so getting up to the travel sales thing what was that like because like i've I had, i've done a few sales jobs myself i wasn't too bad but i didn't like the um the element of not a steady income. You know, especially once I became a father and stuff, I was like, man, like, I need, like, I gotta make sure I have a a steady income because I have a child to support. It's not just about me and all of that stuff. exactly. Which you would think is a little bit of a motivator. Like, okay, you got a kid to support, you know, you're gonna try to make some sales, which you do. But sometimes it's almost like uh, you could get into your own head or worry too much or all these various different types of things. I was like, I just need to make sure I got some kind of stable income. But what does the travel sales for you entail? Like, what was that? what were you selling first off
1: all right so can i like kind of lead the story into how yeah absolutely yeah right. yeah yeah so for me i'm a natural communicator and like be pers- like very persuasive and um extroverted and stuff like that so 17 this was like the turning point of my life like of where i am today to mm-hmm. give me the freedom i have being the positions i've been in and stuff like that but um i started mm-hmm. learning and like following mentors like i was I got to the point. Everyone, I think, has some something like this in their life where they're like, "Yo, there's more for me." Like, I'm tired of doing the same shit. All oh, the time. absolutely. Like, what's up? Like, I need to figure this out. So I started like isolating myself, like the law of association, getting rid of people. Whoever you're around is who you become, type thing. So I started getting rid of people that I Very didn't true. didn't want to be like and stuff like that. And I just started focusing. Um, motivation, positivity, become the best version of myself. Sure. Any habit that doesn't serve me, throw it in the trash can, and like, actually <laughs> sticking to that. Right. And um, watching mentors like Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, Anthony Robbins, um, Gary V, Eric mm-hmm. Thomas, all these people, right. right. And um, it started getting me to the mindset, and I believe in the law of attraction, and what you put into the world is what comes back to you, Certainly. like like karma, I guess sure. they say, and stuff like that. Reap what you sow. It's in all these religious texts, right? Absolutely. And um, I started just becoming my best self. And then I was, for some reason, I was like, I want to move to Arizona. My buddy Sammy recently moved to Arizona, like, when I was thinking this. And then my aunt moved right after him. But mm-hmm. this, I was thinking this before they even did that, right? So I was like, I want to move to Arizona. Started having dreams about moving to Arizona. And I was like, yo, I'm trying to make some money, too. So I started doing, like, um, online um, drop shipping on eBay. Okay. I'm familiar started with Started doing drop that shipping. a little bit. Started making a little bit of money with that. Okay. And then um I put this YouTube video out because okay. – We'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about like the Jake thing, but Logan Paul been following him since like 2015. Okay. And he was like a shithead back then, right? He was this guy that he was just all about views and stuff, right? right, right he wasn't right. who he is today. But anyway, me following him was because he's this young kid doing these big things and I want to do that. And he's always talking about positivity and stuff. So I made this reaction video to one of his songs. Okay. And this video started getting a little bit of momentum on Instagram. Uh-huh. And this guy named Blaine, who I still talk to to this day, he's 25 or 26 years old. Okay. He was like, Bro, I like your personality. You should come sell door to door with us, door to door TV, direct TV. And, okay. <clears throat> and he was like, We're in Yuma, Arizona. And I, I was like, Yo, Arizona, like making money selling. He was like, 250 a deal. Like so, you sell two hundred fifty bucks a deal. Okay, you get paid every single week, and then you can get upfronts and stuff like that. Um, I was like, and I had a, I follow my gut, right? So I had a really, really, really good feeling about it. So I didn't tell nobody because I the the people I grew up around are it is how it is. Play your cards that you have now. Right? They don't understand like today is way different than it was twenty years ago, and you can actually manifest things. The internet gives you way more opportunity and stuff, right? Absolutely. So I told my mom a day before I left, but. I was like, Evan, I sold all my shit. Like I told my roommates last minute, but I gave them enough money to cover the rent and stuff. Sure. I still have the same house to this day since then. <laughs> and um I kept like we kept everything with the rent taken care of and shit. But I was like, yo, I'm hopping on this Greyhound bus and it's a 55-hour trek to freaking Yuma, Arizona. Damn. I get on this um this um bus, go to Yuma, Arizona, meet these people, and the first week I made I think $1600. In my that's not bad for a fucking week, you know, my what I'm first week and that was only like five sales, five okay. or six sales. Okay. And um it was selling direct TV, but I got really good fast because I like literally just cut everything off and I had to make right, it. Right. I, made, I had to make it happen. I took that big risk, but also it's like, yo, I'm not going to let this opportunity go without me squeezing as much out of it as I, as I can sure. and learning this skill that I may be really good at, you know? Right. So it was T V but we also sold, like, AT&T Internet. We sold certain internets, like um, CenturyLink, HughesNet, and stuff okay. like that as well, depending on the location we were. And um, we traveled to, like, at least 40 states. And- oh, so it was, like, all, all across the country. Yeah. Wow, it was dope, dude. (laughs) That sounds pretty cool.
0: I mean so part of I think as a as a young as a young man, like something like that will it could really benefit you in a lot of different ways. Like one I call it adventure. Yeah, it it, that's definitely exactly. That's exactly how you could describe it. And then also you're gonna build some interpersonal skills, uh just talking to people, um, building your sales skills like you're talking about. All of those things, I think, are very beneficial to life, you know, and also when you get out there by yourself and you have to provide for yourself, it's almost like, you know, it's like almost back in the caveman days where they send the young boy out into the wild for Mm -hmm. the day. Like, you got (laughs) to bring something back. Yeah, exactly. You're (laughs) by yourself now. You know, you got to make it work. So that's kind of how I see it. So it sounds pretty dope. Did you ever run into crazy situations while doing that? Like, when you're just rolling up on somebody's door, you know what I'm saying? Any like nah. women butt naked, just like, yeah, come
1: on in. Dude, I'm gonna say this on record right now for everybody watching. I made out with a MILF <laughs> and I didn't even sell her the TV. Oh shit. <laughs> she but, sold you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was hitting on me. She had wine and everything when I walked. Dale so was, she was, was just like, Oregon. Come on in, just talking like how that rolled out. The the town is called Sheraton, Oregon. So everyone mark that down. (laughs) down. (laughs) I got the Addy. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But anyway, she was my last house of the day. And we were only selling. We could sell people who were in Dish Network contracts because our main goal was to go to your house, tell our pitch, get into your house, Uh convince you to switch your TV service to what we're providing you without you even knowing that we're selling you. And we have to get your social and your debit card information to run a credit check to make sure you can get the system and stuff like that. So like it was very very detailed. Sure. And like you had to be very attentive to detail and stuff like that. But for her, it was like, yo, she does not have anything I can sell. She was in a two year <laughs> dish contract. So if I if I put her on direct, she's getting effed over. She's gonna be paying two hundred forty bucks right. a dish. You know what I'm saying? It's twenty bucks for every month that you owe if you break your contract. And she had wine in her hand, and I was just talking to her like a normal person. She started hitting on me a little bit, and I was like, yo, she's fine. I have been abstinent for a long ass time. I'm with a bunch. I live with a bunch of dudes right now. We Airbnb houses and shit. Yeah. It's dope. But like, yeah. I'm trying to hang out with a female, and sure. she's she's, I ain't she's not that, that much older than me, you know. And um, she started hitting on me a little bit. And then I was like, Hey, can I get a glass of wine? Because I was waiting on my buddy. To pick me <laughs> up. Yeah, I was like, Hey, you got a glass of wine? Okay. I like, you Yeah, you look pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I started hitting on a little bit, like throwing some. Um, just throwing some, like, flirtatious things sure. out. And then before you know it, five minutes later, we're both just making out on our fucking Damn, on bro. Her couch, bro. Damn. And That's then, wild. Um, and then my boss hit me up. He was like, where you at? And I sent him the location up the street. And I was like, I got to go. See you later. But, like, it was, it was pretty fun. But another – I don't want to talk um, before you say what you got to say. Oh, no, go ahead. Another thing as well, bro, I've had people pull guns on me. Like, really? For yeah. just, like, rolling up in their yard? Like, I was not even in this guy's yard yet. Like, this was in – um. I think it's it's somewhere in Arizona, like Kingman. Yeah, Kingman, Arizona. This guy, like I was just walking up to him, and this was like kind of a country laid back town a little bit, okay. Kingman, Arizona. And um, he was like, dude, don't come up to my house. I was like, you don't even know what I'm here for, sir. I'm like, we're out here doing the Dish Direct TV updates, the cable updates, whatever. And um, he was like, "Don't come to my um, property line." And I Jeez. started walking towards him. I was like, your phone for me? "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Sorry about that. No, bro. that's I all should, right. I should have done that already.
0: Um, but uh, so you roll up, and he's saying, "Don't even come onto the property."
1: Yeah, he didn't even listen to what I had to say, you know. And then I started walking up to him, and then he was like, "Dude, I will shoot you. Damn. I will literally get my gun." <laughs> and he started screaming like he was raging. Bro. Right. I was like, "Yo, what's wrong with you, bro? You all right?" And, um, and then that happened in Nevada, Reno, too. So, but this guy was nice, and I sold him TV. He was he opened the door with his gun drawn. And he like, converted it but, into a sale? Yeah, yeah. Hey, his, nice. His, his finger wasn't on trigger or nothing, but um he was like, all right, just make sure it ain't nobody sketchy out here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because Reno, Nevada is kind of sketchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um I sold him TV and stuff, but. That's like the craziest situation I've been in. I got bit by a chihuahua a few times, and stuff, <laughs> but I, I made I made the sale, so it's it's good. to you know, uh, yeah, it go.
0: that's worth it. Makes it worthwhile. Dang. So I don't I don't know. If I've ever done travel sales. I've I've actually had some people come to my house in the past, and they try to like sell me vacuums and shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm not paying no six hundred dollars for some
1: vacuum. You
0: know what I'm saying? Like, oh, <laughs> and they come
1: at, as a salesman.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And they usually do come as a salesman. I think what you said earlier, like what you said, uh, you know. We, when the guy was like get off my property like, look we're just here to do an update like you didn't even say hey i'm here to sell you something cuz that'll probably get you shot you know what yeah, i'm saying so exactly. you were like you are like that'll actually get them to fire the bitch let me just tell him i'm here to do some maintenance you know what i mean but like
1: but that's how we got people like really? cuz we didn't scam people like sure. all my friends well, were well you're like, a
0: salesman you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all
1: my friends were cuz i was i was the best salesman other than this one other guy but he was there forever so like out of the new people who were there for less than two years i was the best salesman i had my own team and everything eventually i became a manager and stuff mm. but like it's literally about trying to help the person so while these other people are in a house trying to make a deal just to save them 10 bucks sure i'm like yo i'm not gonna waste that time to potentially not get the deal when i can go to somebody i can say 50 bucks a month with and you know right. make that sale it's all about time efficiency and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah but um like the main thing about the sales job is we like these guys like they this company rolled in dough so they sounds like it. Yeah, they put us in the brand new um, Denali HD trucks, the canyons, like the Yukons, the Tahoes. We had the best Airbnbs, Washington, Oregon, nice. California, all these places, dude. So it was it was crazy, but yeah, it
0: was cool. I mean, you get to try to you know at a young age travel around, learn some skills. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Let me ask: Is um,
1: why did you end up getting out of that? Is it just to come back home, or this is a good thing right here? So. A lot of people, like, I, uh, people have morals, right? Sure. But everyone has different morals. Absolutely. And I was born um, into, like, a Christian family. Sure. And, like, just, like, the normal morals that America is based on, do right by others, you know, um, and stuff like that. And, like, these guys are so freaking dope, right? I love these guys, and I still talk to them to this day. But, like, we were going to strip clubs all the time, <laughs> getting effed up. And, like, bro, before I got this job, the reason I got this job is because I was so disciplined, And when I got this job, I stayed disciplined, but I stayed disciplined with, like, actually doing the job. I wasn't disciplined with my fitness anymore. I wasn't disciplined with, like, my my weed intake because I quit weed before I got this job. And then as soon as I get this job back, all these guys smoke weed, so I get back into weed type thing. Like the strip clubs, I started spending money on shit like that, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, like," and I and then I, I stopped loving selling that product too because the product kept going up in price. It was almost impossible to just try to switch somebody. You're saving them two to ten bucks now instead of fifty to a fucking hundred a month. Right. Yeah. You know, so That's it's like I'm not gonna tail. push some shit, shit product that eventually is gonna go out of business. So. The main reason I left is because I just felt like in my heart it was it was good to be done, but I needed to go back to Roanoke and just ground myself. Sure. You know, like actually become the person that I was that gave me the opportunity yeah. so I can keep getting opportunities opened up and I can keep realizing these things and stuff like that. But when I quit, I went to L.A. for three months to see if I want to move there. Mm-hmm. Stay there for a little bit, dude. The first day, the first week I was in L.A., I lost my voice because that's how bad the smog was.
0: Really? Yeah. I was like, I can't. I've never been mm-hmm. on that side of the country, so I've only been up and down the East Coast. I've never mm-hmm. been over to like Cali or anything. My brother, uh, Jamie, he was what San Diego, right, Jay? Yeah. So he was oh, in I San heard that Diego. Place. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, he was in the military there in the Navy, so that was, was like, there. yeah. So that's where they were stationed that's what's at. Up, bro. But, um, you know. I, I, I kind of want to go, but with, like, the whole coronavirus and stuff, I feel like they're getting the really short end of the stick with oh, everything. Yeah. Like, they got them locked down so tight. But I've also heard rumors that it's, like um – um you know, I won't. won't I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but like a lot of people are saying, like it's more of a media thing that they're saying they're locked down, But they're like, I had some friends out there that just. I'm, they're, I have some friends that are like, yeah, actually, dude, it's not even so much that we're locked down. He's like, everything is so fucking packed, like we can't even get into a restaurant, we can't even find the place that's, to go. That's like nice. you know what I'm saying? And even even and, I, and you notice that here, like I go to some restaurants, man, and I'm like waiting, like they're like, oh, we have an hour and a half wait, two hour wait, and I try to be respectful. It's not their fault, you know what I mean? Like they're struggling to like have to i mean i don't know if you notice noticed but every door uh or every business seems like they're trying to hire and they can't get people yeah, in so I it's really what so i mean mono. the wawa by my house man this thing is literally has like open interview signs on it i'm like dude with wawa's got open interview signs on like, like that's a, yeah, yeah exactly yeah like that's sketchy you know what i'm saying that's like a, who that, what time were we living in where wawa has to do like open interviews so it's kind of weird and i feel like you're probably one of the – you're 23, right? So a little bit younger than I am. I'm 31, but I would say probably – I don't know. Maybe you're, you're a little bit – I would say people that are, like, 25 and under, more so around, the, like, the teenage 18 to maybe 25 range, I would say. Um, I feel like they've really lost – like, there's a lot of people – I don't Trying. – I'm trying to describe it accurately. So I feel like a lot of people have lost that, like um, – like you mentioned earlier, when you, you were younger, you tried to build that work ethic, cutting grass, even if it was for the two bucks. You know, you wanted to get out there, grind it, and earn your keep, and try to just, you know, build that work ethic. Hundred percent. I don't feel like that's there today. Oh, bro. You bad? know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's not, it's not there today. I mean, we got. People just sitting around and they're just like, yeah, maybe I'll get another stimmy, you know, or some shit like that. You know, and it's like there's
1: a statistic for that. It's too.
0: yeah, it's just it's it's wild that we're going through this. And but it also kind of we mean, I think you and I were talking about this a little bit about before the podcast. But it's also, I think, another thing where there's other ways now to earn money other than those just knows to just grinding it out like you know some people physically there yeah exactly yeah exactly there's other ways whether it's something like we're doing here with a podcast or you you see tiktok creators or youtube creators or people building um what would you call it software or video games like they're coding and stuff now you know they're teaching like two-year-olds to code and shit Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like my daughter has this little book and she can like typing codes to build like a little video game and stuff you know it's bare minimum you know it's like pong or something you know it's what i'm like, saying? It's,
1: it's the it's the programming yeah that's beginning for stuff like exactly
0: that. exactly so I mean, it's interesting to see how all of that will develop um so one thing that we talked about recently i had this uh mma guy on recently to do the show um he oh, yeah, was a I saw, I saw yeah that. yeah he was he was a very cool guy a lot of very informative had a Lot of fun stuff to talk about, but one of the things we talked about was Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight. And you said before the show, you're like, "Yeah, I was actually at the fight." So, what was your experience like with that? How'd you even end up? Because where was the fight in Florida? Was it or was it Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz
1: Stadium? Okay. And um it was a VIP event only, so production, post-production, everyone who sets the fight up, talent, stuff like that. So Triller did this thing with Jake Paul where they would allow 50 to 100 people, which not even that many showed up, right? 50 to 100 people to submit a video on why they should be able to come to the fight. Okay. And I met Jake Paul, Logan, all these guys in L.A. when I lived there. I went to the Challenger Games. I think I've
0: seen a couple of videos on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel like, of that.
1: Um, you, um, too, yeah, like Fusey 2 Yeah, I saw Ride, that. All those guys. And I hung out with them for a whole day, literally. Yeah, like that's at, pretty cool. At least five to six hours for the event. And then the event was longer than that. But, um... Since I do content and stuff and I I just I was like, bro, I was in Myrtle Beach when they when they did his trailer thing. I was like, bro, my, to my boy Steve, I was like, yo, film this video. Trust me, bro. Trust right. me, it's gonna work out for both of us. He filmed this video, I put it on trailer. Within three days, triller hits me up. They're like, all right, so you're actually one of the winners to come to the fight. So we're do all these things. You gotta go get COVID tested. Um, like send us all this information, your ID, like when you're going to be here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, plane stuff, like all that stuff. Uh And, um, I drove cause only six and a half hours from my house, Atlanta. And, um, so I was able to bring a guest. We did all the stuff we had to do and then we went there and then we checked in and then we're good to go. Right. We Mm -hmm. have our talent badges, our VIP badges, all access and stuff like that. And, um, that's how I got to the fight. That's so was it like all expenses fight. paid or did you Everything. have to, oh, so you didn't have to pay travel costs, and any of that? So they were giving us like a four to $600 travel budget. Okay. But I was trying to do this as like a strategic business way. I was like, yo, first and foremost, we can drive. All right, we're going to drive. <laughs> I want more freedom and yeah. I want to explore Atlanta and shit. Yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. worked out in my favor because we met some really dope people down there that we made connects with and we took them around town and shit all day. Um, but I was like, let's drive first and foremost because that's an extra 400 hundred to $600 that their logistics team does not have to spend on a few winners that are going to be, like, stand out anyway because these people are winners here and there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So just to maybe get on the better side, you never know. Yeah, you never and know. Just just in case to plant that little seed. Yeah. And, um, but the hotel was paid for. We had to pay for our own food. And then okay. since we drove, we paid for our gas. But, like, other than that, yeah, everything was paid for. That's still pretty dope. Yeah, all the alcohol, everything. So when you get to the
0: fight... And um, did, I mean, cause there's so much shit surrounding that fight, bro. But when you get to the fight, you, so they had all the performances and all that. You were able to see all of that stuff stage Oh, really? Okay. So, what <laughs> you, I mean, what did you think about the whole event? Cause I've heard so many different reviews. I've heard like, oh, this shit was rigged, and I've heard like, it, you know, no, it was, it was, it's just. Dude got his ass beat. Then you got her like, oh, he just did it for the bag. You know, you hear all this different type of stuff. So is there, what is your take on it? Where did you stand? Because you were there. I mean, you got to feel the vibe and kind of understand what it was like.
1: Bro, Jake Paul slapped this guy. <laughs> That's what happened. Really? Like, All right. Everyone has this thing on Jake. Uh-huh. And I get it because yeah, how sure. he used to be. is so cringe. And it's like, I don't fuck with you type shit, right? Well, they don't believe in him. Yeah, 100%. D- yeah, they and don't want to give him the credit. They He's do. not the same person.
0: I don't know. I, so, I mean, I don't really ca- can't judge about his character whether he is or isn't the same person. But what I will say, there is a little slight part of me that feels like he doesn't get the credit he deserves 100%. to be in the fighting round. Now, granted... I'm not all gung-ho, like yeah, like Jake Paul, yeah he's a beast, you know, he'll knock anybody out. he hasn't fought professional box, yeah, exactly and he so he, I feel like he hasn't had that that really good matchup to prove himself, so to speak. But Ben Askren was a good test, and he—I oh, mean—he yeah. handled himself like it. was it, I mean, it didn't even go around, you that's know. So that's saying. you know what I'm saying. Like and it didn't even go he around. Ground, yeah, he hit the ground. Yeah, even oh, he like Ben
1: Askren faked it. It's like no, no, he, got he no, he.
0: You don't. Nobody limp over like that. Like you just limp he body. He was like struggling
1: to like walk. Yeah, from him it get...
0: took him a minute. And so no, I was just gonna say like I just don't feel like he's necessary. I don't. Am, do I think Jake Paul's gonna be like the next Floyd Money Mayweather? Or something? probably not. But does he get the credit he deserves? Also, again, probably nope. not. You know what but I'm saying? Here, here's
1: my take from your like from the same end as you. It's like, all right, so Jake has been training, right? So mm-hmm. you got You can you can never say someone is not up to the test if they have been putting in the work and you have not seen them put in the work. They're putting in the work in the dark, right? We've yeah. seen his training videos and stuff, but yo, this guy hasn't stopped work like training boxing since his first fight camp. Yeah, you know so. That's three years. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you're somebody who's 24 making over $20 million at 25. Yeah, like, oh your yeah. mindset it's has hard, to it's be hard focused. To, Yeah, it's hard like, to focus. You too. have to be able to tackle anything that you put yourself into, right? Absolutely. And especially when you put yourself on a stage like this and your whole career in the limelight like that to potentially fail it. And, um, like, he put his training in, but he has fought two inexperienced people and then an right. Olympian, but the Olympian was mainly wrestling and jiu-jitsu and shit like that, right? But... He hasn't fought an actual professional boxer, right. but does he have the capability to do that? I believe so, or at
0: least I think he deserves a chance at it. At least, you 100%. Know, it's like nobody even like you know even he's got beef with uh, what's the guy Dana White and stuff. They won't even mm-hmm. let him get into like the MMA world, or like they won't let him get a fight or something. Because I think Dana was saying, yeah, he was like, <laughs> no, you're not getting a fight, and oh no, we're not doing that, and all of that stuff. But I feel like he, you know, get the guy a shot, let him get, and exactly. if he does get his ass beat, then it's the perfect okay, we told you so type of moment. You know what I'm saying? Give him a chance to prove himself. Let him have a shot at it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the biggest Jake Paul fan, but I will say I'm I'm able to decipher between, you know, hey, I'm not really a big fan, but hey, the guy is putting in the work. Like you said, you know, like give him a shot. Yeah, give give him a shot, you know. Exactly. Credits where it's due. Exactly. And also
1: he sold over 1.5 million. Yeah. And reviews. nobody talks about that. No. Dad, nobody Dana's talks like, about Those that. Are bullshit numbers. He's like, what are they then? Like Dana was like, what are the numbers? Yeah. He doesn't know. But like at the end of the day, like this guy brings attention, Sure, you know, so I'm, I'm a little biased obviously, but they had a really big effect on me taking risk and mm-hmm. that's why. And mm-hmm. I, it put me in the position to meet them. So like, that's why I'm more biased about it. But also at the end of the day, when it comes to martial arts or boxing or whatever, like you have to give someone the respect for the work and the technique and the sweat, the tears, whatever it takes. Yeah, like absolutely. his buddy, his his security card got killed and stuff like that too. Like nine days before the fight. Oh, I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, so
1: like that's what. That, so that can affect funeral, your mental game. Then he had a funeral like oh, the like the week after, right, for the guy. And it's like, yo, know, he was fighting for him. His name, right. his name is Shadow, but um. Yeah, man, like, overall, it was a great event. I met Snoop Dogg and hung out with him for three That's minutes. That's pretty cool. Did he Dip pass low? you the
0: L? Did he pass you the L? Oh. Oh, he right. had a new
1: one every time, uh. though. I was like, Oh, Pete Davidson and Jack Harlow did it too. I was yeah, like, Yeah, Yeah, and what was it. up with the Pete mm. Davidson thing? Didn't he, like, go into Jake
0: Paul's locker room, question He's him about fake. it? He's he was just being a fake dude. Yeah, man. really? I mean, because, like, he was like about bro? About it, bro, about Yeah, like, that was weird. That was, whole thing was weird, because I know they were like, because I know Jake was going through some shit, or still is, apparently, about the whole uh what do you call it? I guess the sexual S A allegations mm-hmm. or stuff. So like, but you never know these guys. Like you see it all the time, and I'm not dismissing you know the females' point of view. You don't. Yeah, we yeah, don't know sure. what
1: happened. Because I have no idea. Yeah, on that exactly.
0: Either. Nobody does. But you know, it's just like it's so prevalent. You know, it's just like how like it would like I don't know. It's just a, it's one of those weird things that I guess the. There's uh what my mom used to say, you know, there's the there's your side, their side and the untold side. Exactly. So you know what I'm Everyone saying? Has so, a side, but yeah, yeah we today? never know. So it's kinda hard to see. So Another thing I want to talk about. So your YouTube channel, I have it linked in the video description, so people go check out Cody's YouTube channel, aka uh, it's various layers. So make sure you go check his YouTube channel out. But you also got some a lot of music and stuff on there. So how'd you get into the music thing? Because like, and, and this is not a uh, hopefully uh, this doesn't rub you the wrong way or make you feel like I'm being disrespectful. But, but generally talking to you, you don't seem like a guy that would be into like the, I won't say. Obviously, I think you would like hip hop, but to develop the music and make it like, where did that come from? Because I mean, you're well spoken, and not that anybody could that does hip hop. But there's a culture be, for hip. Yeah, it's like it's like, you, and I would say, and I'm I don't think the yeah exactly at all. yeah exactly <laughs> like, exactly. Straight, straight so where up. did that come from? Like, what, did you have like specific influences? or something that led you to it. Was it something
1: you're passionate about? Like, how did that come about? So the first thing I want to make known to everybody watching is my playlist has barely any rap in it, right? I listen to pretty much EDM, drum and bass, dubstep, and shit okay. like that. That's my, sh- I like, trance, atmospheric dance, stuff like that. Have some rap. But rap started, music started, because when I was a kid, I did piano for a little bit. Oh, and I had piano recitals and stuff like that. But I was always really good in English class. Okay. I was always good at writing poems, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, just putting words together. And being sure. able to, like, speak what my mind is thinking. Mm-hmm. And, um... When it comes to hip-hop, and it was 10 years ago, maybe I was 16 or – no, I was like – I was 15, okay? My buddy Justin that I met in high school – I was in ninth grade, I think, 15, whatever. But anyway, my friend Justin that I met in high school through my brother, he was like, bro – and I play trumpet too also. I should make that known in sixth grade. But he was like, bro – um. I'm actually because he's so into hip hop. This dude studies hip hop. He can talk to you about any album, any artist, anything like that. His dad brought him up in it a little bit, and then he just kind of got exposed to it himself. And started, sure, he's a Big Mac Miller fan and met him a few times and stuff like that. But um. He was like, bro, I'm about to get a Mac with GarageBand on it. Yeah, do GarageBand's wanna- dope. Yeah. It's dope. I have it on here, and it's dope. <laughs> That's it's what we good- started yeah. with. And he was like, yo, do you want to like start rapping? We started with a Blue Yeti microphone. Mm-hmm. And it was my buddy Matt. So we called ourselves Not Millionaire Music. Okay. And um, we just created this little thing, started in my buddy's Matt basement and stuff. And we started making songs. Some of the songs were so bad that people on YouTube would comment and say, go kill yourself. <laughs> it was like, yo, progress, right? right. Hey, I mean, progress, I mean, hey, like <laughs> it's an
0: opportunity. And like, you, like I said, even like when it comes, we were talking about this before the show as well, but no matter what you're going to do, like it's going to take practice and make, you know, like you said, you got to make those strides and make progress. And, and even, and, and you can hit that hypothetical gym, you know what I'm saying? Like, even with this podcast, it takes like encounters like this, doing the podcast with you for me to be able to practice. And, you know, it, it it just takes time. It's not something that you develop like overnight and you're this big celebrity. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And then you know, I don't do it for the celebrity as I do it to build connections, deal with talk to people and also like you did for sales, you know, build some skills, things that I can take with me exactly. into my future and teach you know my child and uh, just so many opportunities that it can offer you know what I mean and I enjoy it more than anything you exactly. know what I'm saying marathon a, yeah. I sprint with it yeah exactly exactly so and you know a lot of time also another great thing you know I don't want to go on the podcast too much but one thing that is kind of neat is like you can literally go to the very first video I did and see the evolution of it you know what I'm saying like and see the progression yeah and exactly stuff like that. and you're not going to get that you can go check out Joe Rogan's YouTube channel you're not going to get that you can go check out some of these other podcasts, you're not going to get that. You have to wait till they're already a celebrity, they don't interact with the viewers like if you come into our live chats like if we do a live stream or something mm-hmm. we're going to talk and read it off and, and engage and in, with and you yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yes, and talk sir. about you know and I feel like that's something you can't get with all these other podcasts and I feel like that's what's you know hopefully going to separate us from everybody else you know I want to be able to interact I want to be able to talk to people that's the whole reason I started the podcast mm-hmm. you know so that's that's the whole like that's the whole reason I wanted to get into this so just to t- further to your point is it just takes practice whether you're people telling you go kill yourself i haven't got that message yet but i wouldn't be surprised you never know like as he grows in popularity and more eyes and stuff get on it you know that could happen um but ultimately it takes practice. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that, but there's a few songs on your, on your page that I I checked out. I was like, this is pretty good. You know, I I enjoy, there's one, I think I want to say it's called in the ether. Maybe I liked that one. And that one was pretty, I enjoyed that one more than I probably would say that was the one I liked the most. Um, but I'll let you keep going about how you got into the music game and stuff. So you guys with your friends, you know, he starts making beats on GarageBand, you're saying? Is that what he- beats
1: gets a mix mixer pad everything. Okay. And um we like sometimes we were even recording in the car in a parking lot type stuff, but I just liked it. Okay. I just love making music, creating, seeing what, how people reacted to it and stuff like that. And we had a lot of support from our high school. Like, I, I, was, chill, I was chill with all, like, the nerds, the party popular, sure. the jocks, everybody, right? Because I'm just very extrovert, and I just want to be cool with everybody. And um, I was like, I had tons of friends, so they always supported us and stuff like that. But then... I was like, yo, I actually want to start taking this a little bit more seriously, like actually mm-hmm. put some time and effort into it, development development, and stuff like that. And I still struggle today with being creative sometimes because sure, I've, I've been dropping does. a song like at least every one week or every one and a half weeks. So I'm probably going to take a break soon just to like get my creative yeah. pieces going. But um, like the main thing with it was we just wanted to actually pursue that, right? So. Years go by, we're just doing it, staying consistent. I learned how to use Logic Pro X, which is the software, go-to software for me today. Mm -hmm. And I like get really good at engineering, being able to cut up vocals and like fade things out. Um, Then my buddy Terrell, he's really good at making beats and rapping and singing. Mm -hmm. So we just have this whole really good group of people around us that we can build off of each other and feed off of each other. And like the main reason we even started was for fun, but then we figured out that we actually love to do it. And, um, also like I want to be, I want I want to have a platform as an influencer and I don't necessarily want to be known for rap because like my biggest account is 50 K on TikTok, and that's motivation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me into the position I am in today and stuff anyway. Um, but it's something I love to do and I will love to improve on. I don't have all these $8,000 plugins, $10,000 right. plugins. So like a lot of the songs that I have out, is just what I can use with stock stuff yeah. and a few extra plugins, and I'm recording on a Blue Yeti mic. I don't have a condenser mic anymore. Right. I have to upgrade it and stuff like that. But I'm just trying to stay creative, but also make it better than last time and stuff. Right? You know what I'm saying so. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, that's. I think that's exactly what it boils down to, and in that. There's that, I'm sure you know. Do you know that song Quicksand by Moray? Have you ever heard that song?
1: If I heard it, probably, but I don't know. you probably know it seen
0: it, but um, it's interesting because this guy, you know, literally had his buddy shoot the film or shoot the video for him. And it's got like over 60 million views on or, or plays on. YouTube, and you know it's like a huge song, and it really lifted him up into success. But the, the point is, he didn't have you know, all this expensive equipment. It was just his buddy, friends in the neighborhood. They got together, and then they made a video. And I will, I will. If uh, I'm gonna, sh- I'll show you the uh, the um. What do you call it? The this guy here. You've have you seen that? Oh. Okay, so I'll have to send you the link after the show so you can check it out because it's literally in his neighborhood, and he he's a very positive guy. You wouldn't think that, but he's very positive and got a good attitude. He's actually, um, there's a podcast, No Jumper podcast. Yep. Um, he was on that podcast. And like, you got, yeah, so oh, you got shit. to see a little bit about how he is, because that's why he had him on. He's like, dude, you blew up. over It's basically an overnight success. He had to address some allegations about him being like a, what you would call like an industry plant, you know, because people, I think, what's that other? Uh, I want to say maybe it was DJ Vlad or something like that who was like, yeah, it's just kind of weird how this guy comes up out of nowhere, gets sixty million views in just a you know a short period of time, and blah blah blah. I just don't understand it. He was like, but the song's great. I'm not knocking his hustle. He's like, the music is awesome. The song's great, but he's just it's like, it's kind of weird how it's all adding up. And so he gets on there like, look, I'm. He was like, I was literally walking three, four hours to go back and forth to work and busted up shoes. And you know, he talks about his girl and how. His, uh, the girl he's with, he's like, you know, I I would never screw around or nothing because when I was dead broke and have no money, my boots were talking type of thing, she was there and holding me down. And I thought that was pretty cool. So he seemed like a real stand up guy, but I'll have to send it to you. Um, after the show, just so you could check it out, because it literally, it was minimum production. Great video, by the way, because when they asked him, like, you know, the video looked really good. He was like, yeah, it was just my buddy who did it. He's like, wow, you did pretty damn good. <laughs> and that can actually show you how you don't need all these big record labels or 100%. all of this stuff. Like, you if you got the passion and the drive and the grind to get it done... You can make it happen. People reciprocate that energy. Oh, absolutely. You You, you, you can make it happen. I mean, you see it with all these guys that probably would not have a career if it wasn't for YouTube. I mean, even like, uh, maybe I could be wrong here, and you may know more than I do on this, but even like, I want to say like, or Takashi he started like on SoundCloud right I'm so like six nine. yeah yep. so like a lot of these guys exactly. started off just putting like on the the, they don't artists. have the, the no record label like they wouldn't if that platform wasn't available they would not have the careers that they have today most like you know what i'm saying so it's like it's very interesting to see and that also goes back to what we were talking about earlier where that work ethic type of stuff that we were talking about that kids are lacking is, can be used. It's a little bit different. Like now they're applying it to whether it's music or the entertainment industry, like, you know, so you do see that kind of new Avenue. And I think the reason why there's such turmoil about young folks, not working and older folks kind of looking down upon it is because we're in that like transitional period where it's developing. You know what, what I'm changing. saying? Yeah, it's changing. It's evolving. And it's like it's a whole new generation. So it's just something weird. I wouldn't say weird, but it's a whole new kind of concept that's coming out. But we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat excited. Um, so you also on you have your YouTube channel. You're on Spotify, Apple Music. I'm going to put all that stuff in the description. Also, I'll make sure uh, your TikTok is up there as well. Um So make sure you guys go ahead and follow. But also make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well while you're here. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or get into? Anything that you didn't touch on that you can think of?
1: Yeah, so one thing is, I just want to tell this to a lot of people. Okay. Because like I said, this kind of brought me up to how my mindset is. Sure. A lot of people just think that... The cards they have is what they can play with, right? Sure. And at the end of the day, in my opinion, I mean we have the internet. You mm-hmm. can do anything on people are making thousands, seventeen year olds are drop shipping, making millions of dollars a yeah. year on the internet. I did a little bit of that myself. Like it's dope. Yeah. Like, I didn't make no millions,
0: <laughs> but I definitely did some drop shipping on <laughs> I sold it on eBay and um, Amazon mm-hmm. as well. So it was pretty cool. I would go to auctions. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to give up my spot, but I'll say it was – you can equate it to an estate sale, okay? So you would go to these auctions, and you could literally buy just the most craziest stuff, all right? Like just the wildest stuff, all right? I mean, I've sold the weirdest stuff, dude. Like I I wish I could think of something, but now that I'm trying to tell you about it, I can't think of nothing really Okay, for example, there was this one thing. It was a glass bottle that I came across. It looked absolutely worthless, but it had a painting on the bottle. When I initially looked at it, I'm like, "What the heck is this? It's just a painting on a bottle. What huh? the hell is this?" And anyway, it had a jade top. And then I looked at it a little closer, and the painting was on the inside of the glass. So what I come to, I started doing research, and come to find out, it was something called a I want to say a snus bottle, mm-hmm. but basically back in I don't want to. I don't want to screw this up because, like, all I. I mean, this sounds bad, but all I was like, yeah, how much is it worth? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> sounds bad, but the snus bottle. The they they would put like cocaine and stuff in it, or even tobacco and stuff. And they these people in war would take these bottles with them. And they just pull it out, do a little bump or whatever they're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And interestingly enough, they would. These painters would actually dip the paintbrush inside of the bottle and paint it. On the inside, oh, and the shit. picture, would, and then you'd have to paint it in reverse because you have to remember the picture would be coming out towards you. Yeah. So the painting on the inside, like sticking a brush down, paint it from the inside, and it was like really worth like a good chunk of money. I paid like five dollars for this whole bin of stuff, and I, if it had like a projector down the bottom, a whole bunch of stuff. I sold the projector like five. I ended up. It was like five or six hundred bucks on the projector, but I ended up selling everything out of that bin for like eight hundred dollars on a five dollar investment. That's what I'm, that's you know what I'm retail saying? Arbitrage. Yeah, it was like I was just shocked. But most of it was it's secondhand goods, but all I did was bring it home. I'd sort it, clean it up, wipe it down, mm-hmm. make sure everything was good to go, take some high-quality photos. You know, I'd take a, I had an iPhone. Uh, this was like iPhone 8 days, you know what I'm saying? But, like, there was some good photos. I had this sheet. I even had my own little store for a little while, a little shop. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, where you could – because I got. I was growing it pretty quickly. I was like, dude, I'm making some pretty good money. Let me open up a little shop so I can not only do the uh, internet side, but I indoor, Physical. yeah, a location, you know, I was like, that can maybe tap into that, and that went pretty good, but my main point, main source of sales was online, I mean, I am just selling all kinds of random stuff, but you're very right, like, that's something that people, I think what they do is, for some reason, there's this, like, stigma around the internet, people still haven't quite grasped it Scepticism yet, yeah, shit. they're like, dude, this doesn't seem a scam. right, yeah, scam. yeah they without don't even do it. doing any research, yeah, they didn't think about it, or they just, Give it a shot. Just try it out. You know what I'm saying. So I agree with you. That's something that people could try to do. But I didn't mean to cut you off and go oh, on that nah, long nah, rant. Nah, 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 but nah. it's just it's it's interesting because I very seldom come across somebody else who also has done it or tried to do it or Basically went into it.
1: Too man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see that all the time. My I think week was twelve hundred bucks. Really? They yeah. Can't hate on that at and all. Dude, I worked like working as in delivering or having people come pick up. Maybe three hours out that whole week.
0: Wow! Yeah, Can't and that's that, that
1: includes getting the stuff as well, right? And like just going like Walmart retail arbitrage, and then also my brother he does home improvement, mm-hmm. so he has his own business. And um, this was one house I just wanted cleaned out everything, and these people have money, you know. So I was just t- I literally just filled up the car with as much as I rented a vehicle that was big enough to put as much as I could in there right. to take home, and we have a um, shed out back in our in our house. And I just filled that thing up and just sold out of the shed, dude. I'm not mad yeah. at you. I am not I'm mad not at mad at wrong, you. Bro. That's dope like, as shit. Like, I ain't going to
0: lie. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I mean, my brother can tell you. I was, like, he was, uh, I was actually staying at his house for a time. I went through uh, separation with my baby mama but you know we went through a separation so I ended up moving in with my brother a little while and that was one of the things I wanted to start doing trying to make some money because I'm like hey look I gotta grind it out gotta make some cash I gotta figure Mm -hmm. out what I'm gonna do and I was bringing shit home all the time he's like what is this stuff what you got going all up in here you know what I'm saying but I, I had you know I had a pretty nice little big space I was I mean I'm talking about and you could on my Instagram page I got hundreds of photos of products and stuff that I was selling how I made I think my best like so when eBay would give you a 60 day total, mm-hmm. how much you would sell in 60 days was eight grand. So I made four grand Damn. each month. Like, like yeah. Bad. that And now of course I should preface that with, it was, um, leading up to Christmas time. So it was like that November, December range, but I was literally running out of products, and I was like filling up my car with so many packages that when I would go to the post office, they were like getting pissed at me because I was bringing like, so bro, many. Why you ba- doing yes, this stuff, man. I'd have to make we three don't or four. Paid yeah, for this yeah. Shit. yeah, I was running like three or four pack loads up back and forth into the post office, and I would have continued to do it. Um, but I ended up, you know. <sighs> I ended up having a a child, and I I guess a lot of this stuff would be what you would call straight up just excuses, and it's probably something that I would have to, like, really buckle back down into, you know what I mean? It's something that I I would like to get back into, because there's definitely money to be made, especially in, like, weird times, like, with coronavirus and stuff, man, like, you know, people can, like, yo, if I can get a product that's discounted and not pay full retail, like, prime example, like with summer coming up if you can get your hands on some cheap acs that people are throwing out and you flip the air conditioners money. yeah you're making i mean t- people need they will pay you for those damn air and, conditioners and you that's know? like my
1: point too like at the end of the day people don't realize we're at this precipice of what is called the great reset world economic I've forum talks about it stuff like that whether you want to call it whatever globalism whatever you want to call it happening. And everything's going digital. Within the next five years, mark my words on this podcast, there's not going to be a dollar bill you can hold in your hand. They already I have the USDC, yeah. US digital coin, dollar coin, and like I'm, I'm heavily at, um, investing in cryptos and stocks and Me stuff. Too. And we, and we um, have a crypto group on our Telegram and whatnot. But like everything's going digital. So what I want to tell people is like, you have to learn these skills now. You have to actually like look around the curve to see where we're going because by 2050, the World Economic Forum said over 90% of the jobs that are physically done, are going to be autonomous and done by AI. So it's like, so what's going to happen to all these people, right? We still have a starvation issue. We still have climate change, whatever. So what are we actually going to do and put into place? And they're going to have to change the way society is made and built up. But uh, the main thing I'm getting out of this is play your cards a certain way. Is like you can always add to your deck if you add to your mind, if you add to your soul, like what you learn, like who you try to become. And that's the thing too. A lot of people are ignorant about – um, their circumstance or whatever it may be. But it's like, bro, like we have the internet, like back in the day, they, they had excuses, but like the, today we have something where you, if you don't have the answer, you can go on Google and find it in two seconds. In- type immediately. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's how it was with me. It's like, yo, I don't know what I need to know to get to where I want to go, but the internet does. And maybe I should just apply myself and use that. And it all starts with mindset. I agree. And when people are in a victim mentality all the time or thinking the world's out to get them. And I know, a lot of people Oh, aren't. absolutely everybody you know, there's, does. There's like there's a reason yeah. there's a one percent, right? Yeah. And um and it's like we need to change that thinking, but why aren't we talking about that? Like we have depression and all these mental illnesses going on in the world, but we're not talking about the core things that could lead to that, which is people's mindset and how they actually view the world, right? Sure. Everything's perspective at the end of the yeah. day. Like the way you look at life is perspective. So I mean it's a like great something. no, no, I'll just say that's you're
0: you're you're hitting it right on the head. I think what it boils down to a little bit is the fact that that we are going through such you know big changes as a mm-hmm. country as a as a world uh, as a race all of this stuff as we go through these changes I think <clears throat> I almost want to say it's like a little bit uh growing pains like you know people mm-hmm. are, they're trying to figure this stuff out because some people are like well I was always like even some of the older folks they're taught, like we're in this weird like i said transitional period where like the older folks are like no you go to work you bust your ass you do this and i'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things but i think they need to be like it means something different now you oh, know yeah, what i'm saying like sure. it's, so, it's so it's something it's totally like different you have to
1: survive yeah exactly you know?
0: it means something totally different now to whereas whether that like even like so yeah okay so your your grandpa be like yeah I used to wake up at five thirty in the morning and I used to go down to the farm and you know had to be out there before the roosters crowed and I was you know working all day until the sun went down and blah 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 mm-hmm. now you can do those same things but you can literally do it from right here and like you said you literally have no excuse to like really beat on your craft whatever that craft is but at the end of the day. I just think the method of work has changed. You know, it's not, it's not so much manual labor anymore to make a living. You don't have to be that way. And I think that's where we're getting away from that manual type of labor stuff. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the right thing or the wrong thing. I just think that we're in that transitional period where we're going to see, like, this, this last – two years or even from 2020, the start of pandemic back in t- February of 2020 to now has changed so much. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like, like even like what you said, like even the U S dollar, as much as they're printing off, there's, I just don't see the sustainability in it. You know what I'm saying? The thing.
1: Like the stuff that's happening, we're have we're going through this trans, this transfer of wealth, the biggest transfer of wealth in history, but it's not from rich to poor. It's poor, is getting poor, middle class is gone, and the rich are... The, all right, look, Jeff Bezos, the guy who runs Twitter, that guy who runs Apple, I don't know their two names, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and those are just the famous billionaires sure. I was watching a documentary on earlier, they got double richer oh, yeah, throughout absolutely. coronavirus. Absolutely. Like billions of dollars oh, richer, yeah. so it's like... I'm just trying to help people figure out their mind because if you can figure out how powerful your mind is, that's my main mission, like Mm -hmm. with the key of the day and stuff, and like my music. A lot of my music is positive. You know, I just talk about like my positivity and stuff. It's like to get you self aware and critically think. And like figure, start to figure out who you are and develop yourself, so you can actually figure out how to apply yourself in the world and adapt yourself in the world. Because a lot of people are going to be left behind when this new technological revolution yeah. happens, and it's going to be horrible.
0: So, quick tidbit before we, as we're coming towards the end of the show, like so, when it comes to the crypto thing, so this is why I recently uh, invested in Dogecoin. Okay, now I'm not a big fan of it. I don't really care for it. But I invested in it. And the reason why, is it goes back to your earlier point, like you have to kind of look around the corner a little bit and open your mind up a little bit because this is what happened. I had an opportunity to buy Bitcoin. Mm, I'm talking about very early on. I'm talking about in the dollars range. Oh, my god! Yes. Now, my buddy told me about it. And he's like, yeah, you want to, you know, should we buy some of this Bitcoin stuff? You want to do it? I was like, dude, that's some garbage. What are you doing? You're trying to scam me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dude, you're trying to scam me? What (laughs) the fuck? Like you're trying to, this sounds like a scam. He's like, yeah. I was like, dude, you're telling me I can put money into some, I don't even get to touch it. I don't get to see it. I don't, what are you talking about? I didn't. Totally blew them off, and also it was very difficult to buy then too. You had to go there's through no like so many no, it's no, there's no like exchanges like there are today, like you know. And I'm a, like I said, I'm 31, so I'm a little bit older. So you had to like go through like so many hoops just in order to purchase Bitcoin, and you had to hope that when you purchased, you did it accurately and didn't actually get scammed. You yeah, know, yeah. I was like, dude, screw this. This the sounds like is too much, shit. too much. Not doing it. I'm screw hell with this. I'm not doing it. Sure enough, Bitcoin now you see is at sixty thousand. So yeah. when Dogecoin came around, and I know there's plenty of others. You got Ethereum, and you've got um, what there's a new one like Safe Moon out now, which people are talking about and hyping up. I don't want, I don't like that one. If
1: it's in the news, yeah, exactly. Buy the rumor, sell the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, made that yeah
0: no, that's true. But I will say, with the Dogecoin one, I was like, I'm not a big supporter. I don't really believe in it. I didn't believe in Bitcoin then, but I was like, I. I'm not going to miss another opportunity. hundred percent. You get on that. So I got to open my mind up and realize like, Hey, I've got to take a little bit of a leap of faith here. If it doesn't work. Okay. So be it. You tried and you, I was at least able to learn something. I learned a little more about trading. I learned a little bit more about investing. You know, that stuff does come at a price, whether it's time, money, all of those things. But, I think it's well worth the investment, even if you don't get these big riches or fames or none of that stuff. You still learn a valuable skill, and I think investing is something that people should consider. You know what I mean? It's like so. It's kind of interesting. We'll see how it all develops over time. But, uh, dude, I say say one more thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, because I know you're about to end it. No, yeah, sure. But one thing, since you are invested in crypto, and for anybody watching. Here's how you need, in my opinion, because the guy who runs the crypto group with me has been doing this for, like, seven years. Uh-huh. He was making at least two grand a day day trading, but now he's just, like, he's, he's still day trades, but he does, like, a lot of long-term hodling and, like, building hedge funds and stuff like that. But when it comes to investing in a cryptocurrency, first mm-hmm. and foremost, buy the rumor, sell the news. But also, you want to invest in utility tokens because there's thousands of cryptocurrencies co- out, right? Mm-hmm. What tokens are going to be used for the new financial system that's going to be implemented within the next few years? And that's what you need to look at. So this is what I tell people. Things like XRP, which is Ripple, yeah. um, ADA Cardano, Zill, XLM, which is Stellar Lumens, and ZIL is Zillico, sorry, BAT, it's called BAT, and like all these other cryptocurrencies. You want to look at things that are solid projects that are actually going to be a part of the new financial system and are actually changing things for those reasons. Dogecoin is a good gamble, and they're on this new thing called the Flare network but DogeCoin has no utility right now right. and that's the thing if they get utility it could yes they're good, yeah. they're good to go so, you know,
0: and that's that's one of the things we were t- talking about with DogeCoin is like it doesn't have a whole lot of utility and it also has like an unlimited supply mm-hmm. but which is also kind of a good thing because they said you know it that means it could be a feasible currency as soon because like okay with the US dollar we just print more you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying same thing with if big, uh, DogeCoin was to become let's say the the used currency then and i don't really it's, it's i don't ever see like a i feel like the name would have to change i don't see people getting by I'm like yeah we use doge coins here i don't for some reason it just seems too gimmicky to yeah that? it just seems too gimmicky but I do see it getting to a point where it could reach a dollar, two bucks. And, and even if you don't, it doesn't have that utility that we're talking about, there is. You still make money. Exactly. Make money. Um, My dad
1: got in at under one cent, right?
0: Really? In that I, I didn't get until seven cents. I got in at seven cents. He's
1: still holding, though. Is <laughs> he? And he got at least a hundred thousand What well, they call shares.
0: that diamond hands, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, <laughs> no, that's wild. He's, he
1: sold some of it, but okay. he, he still has some.
0: Okay, well, for a...
1: What'd you say? Two cents or one cent? Nah, he got an under one cent. Oh, like it was like 0. 0.000 something. That's wild. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I didn't get in until about seven and a half cents. Oh um, shit, you're still up? Yeah, but oh yeah, it was great. I mean, I I only bought like fifteen hundred Doge, so I spent a hundred bucks on fifteen hundred Doge coins. Um, it's worth like about six hundred bucks now. You know, no, ain't, ain't hating on that. That's you know what I'm, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, it's not hating on that at all. Um, but that's all I think we're gonna do for tonight's show, dude. Pleasure to meet you. Glad oh, you yeah. I mean, Likewise, you made man. a long ass trip, and uh, I really appreciate that. You guys, make sure you go check out uh, Cody's YouTube channel. Um, he's actually I got it all linked in the description down below it was a pleasure speaking with you learning about you I definitely hope we stay in touch come on on the show again dude like yeah awesome All right, cool I'll make my drive
1: easily bro yeah no that's
0: well I mean maybe we'll have to meet up halfway or something we'll go do something fun man because I I really uh, enjoy my time uh, talking with you so thanks for being here I really appreciate that Um, but that's gonna be it for tonight's show Uh, we're gonna see you guys next week Uh, next week I actually didn't book any guests for next week Uh, I decided that I would take a a week off from having guests on so we can do uh get back to me and jamie doing an original episode um so we'll see you guys next week on monday um we may do a live one we'll see what we, we'll, we'll play it by ear we may do a live uh, episode next week but uh you guys stay tuned for that uh, thank you for tuning in so much take care
1: can, brother.